It is Monday, and we are back. It is our writer's block segment. Megan Zinn, I really missed you. We had Monday off last week. I know, week. we did. Well, now we're back to no more Monday breaks. Um, we got we to go for a while. Um, well, my guest today is John Clinch, the author of The General and Julia. Welcome, John. Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate your having me here. It's a pleasure. Um, so John, John Clinch is the author of um, the acclaimed novels Finn, Kings of the Earth, The Thief of Auschwitz, Belzoni Dreams of Egypt, and Marley, um, and, and as well as his new book, which came out in November, The General and Julia. John will be at Odyssey Bookshop next Wednesday to talk about The G General and Julia, uh, January 31st at 7 p.m. And you can find out more on their website, odysseybks.com. Well, uh, John, um, give us a short description, um, a little um, elevator pitch <laughs> description on um, The General and Julia. The General and Julia, thanks for asking, is uh, basically a, uh, an exploration of the character and the last days of uh, Ulysses Grant's life on this earth. Uh, he had had uh, a life that was uh, at least as dramatic mm -hmm. as what we think about his younger years in his last, in his last few years. Uh, he had fallen on hard times. He had nothing left to give his family if he died. He was on the verge of dying. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and he set out to write his memoirs in order to leave something, something of value behind for his wife and children. And uh, that's the heart of the story. Yeah. So read us a, read us a short selection of The General and Julia. Uh, this this part that I've chosen happens in uh, or during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And uh, here we go. He is uh, he's home with a family and he leaves to go about his business as a general. He goes by steamboat from St. Louis to Cairo. And once in Cairo, he boards a train for the two day journey to Chattanooga. Everyone knows him, but no one recognizes him for he travels as always in his natural anonymous state. He's smaller than his reputation smaller and less ornamented and easier to miss slouched in his seat and barreling toward nashville in the twilight he is dressed as plainly as any rough-knuckled tradesman he wears cotton trousers of faded blue and a pale gray checked shirt minus the collar his blue overcoat is folded on the seat to his right atop his head is a cap of white wool knitted for him by nelly his daughter as a christmas present drawn down close to his eyebrows he bears, in other words, no indication of his line of work, much less his rank. Only the set of his jaw might indicate that there is reason to pay him particular mind. The set of his jaw and the sparkle of his eyes, eyes as blue as the skies of his native Ohio, as blue as his lonesome traveling heart. As the train enters a long bend, he sees through the window a line of bonfires set like gemstones along the track. The fires reflect in the glossy black sides of the passenger cars, doubling themselves as the train flickers past. He sees men tending them, and he wonders what has brought them here. A porter comes through to light the lamps, and by their glow, he catches sight of his ghost in the windowpane white cap and wrinkled shirt and all. He snatches off his cap and rakes his fingers through his hair, making himself a shade more presentable. The act brings his face closer to the window and the firelight illuminates his features from without and a roar goes up from beyond the glass. The men along the tracks are soldiers. He sees that now. Some are in uniform, some are in partial uniform, and some are not in uniform at all, but they are soldiers, everyone. 
Grant smiles down on them in spite of himself, and they respond in kind. Some of them snap to attention and offer a salute, which he returns despite his dishevelment. To do less would be an act of disrespect. The train moves on, and the men holler after him in great delight, and Grant draws his cheek up against the window and peers into the distance ahead. By God, he thinks, they've lighted the tracks all the way to Nashville. Wow. That is really beautiful, and it captures, I think, Grant um, very well, just that, that, that short, short section. Um, John Clinch, in most of your books, you've taken on literary characters like Huck Finn's father and Jacob Marley and Ebenezer Scrooge, um, and historical figures like Giovanni uh, Battista Belzoni. Um, what sparked <laughs> great Belzoni. Belzoni, yes. What sparked your interest in writing stories that delve deeper into the lives of existing fictional and nonfictional characters? That's a fair question. Uh, in the case of uh, Finn, my first novel, um, I was really inspired by the work of another author, uh, the great John Gardner, who people mm -hmm. are slowly forgetting about. Oh. A marvelous author from upstate New York wrote a book called Grendel. Mm -hmm. uh, Grendel, do you remember Grendel? I'm familiar with the book. I've never read it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Grendel is the story of Beowulf told from the point of view of the monster. And uh, <laughs> having read Huck Finn, the monster mm -hmm. inside that book was his father. Right. Uh, and it occurred to me that that might be an interesting thing to take up to. Uh, to retell that story from the point of view of the uh, the evil shadow that haunted it. Same thing with uh, with, with the Christmas Carol mm -hmm. and this one too. It, it seems the, the the longer and the harder you look at the evidence, whether it's Huckleberry Finn or a Christmas Carol or the records we have of Ulysses Grant and his family, um, the more you can imagine what was in their hearts. Yeah. And uh, that's what I set out to do. Yeah. What, um, why Ulysses S. Grant? And why um, this time in his life? Uh, basically, when I read the uh, Cherno biography, mm -hmm. which probably everybody who cares about Ulysses Grant has <laughs> yes. read, if they haven't, you should. If you have read that and uh, haven't read the memoirs, then that's a good spot mm -hmm. to start, too. Uh, the thing I came away with was not the uh, the uh, heroism of his behavior and his leadership in in the Civil War. It wasn't his uh, his behavior and his accomplishments as a president. It was that horrible last year and especially the last month of his life uh, when he threw himself, uh, despite terrible health problems, despite uh, having no money, despite having lost some of his reputation into the business of writing something, his memoirs, mining his own past and his history and his memories to leave something behind for his family. He wrote right up until uh, three days before he died. Wow. He, was, he wrote the end or whatever it is at the end, the last words, three days before he passed away. And if that's not heroism, I don't know what is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and all in, all in the um, um, work of getting his... Um, money for his family after he goes. I'm speaking with John Clinch, author of The General and Julia. Bill, you had a question. I do. I'd like to know how accurate are the historical depictions in your book, The General and Julia, and if they are, in fact, really historically accurate, why tell the story as a novel? 
first thing, first thing, the first answer to the first question is, uh, yes, I would submit that if you uh, take, took out the pages and weighed them one by one, probably 95% of the weight of the book would be real stuff. Although that's that's not to say that uh, you know dialogue and so forth is uh, is the real is is correct because mm -hmm. it couldn't possibly be. Um, as for uh, there are only a couple of sequences that I remember making up. Um, in fact, there was, there's one that I thought I made up that it turns out it was true. I've gotten so engaged in this project. Um, at any rate, in, why a novel? A, I'm a novelist. Uh, B, those tools that I have um, of investigating uh, human character. I mean, that's what I do mostly. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in individuals, their character. And I think you can glean a lot and you can dare to say a lot uh, as a novelist looking at the record that uh, that you couldn't say as an historian. One one final thing on that subject is uh, is that he during his last month he yeah last year really he was heavily sedated he mm. was uh, he was subjected to all kinds of painkillers. Uh, he might wake up in the morning and get shot full of. Uh, whiskey and uh, laudanum <laughs> and my question is how can he how did he manage to remember so accurately and he did yeah. um, his life and what was going on in his mind I thought that gave me a chance to uh, to imagine um, what might go on in his mind in terms of hallucination uh, recollection imagination all those things so that's the stuff that a novelist can do that nobody else can do well, John Clinch, I, uh, this is Buzz. I was raised in Atlanta, Georgia, so we got our sense of Civil War history uh, from a perspective that right now I don't share. However, what the we did learn... The War of Northern Aggression. There you go. What we did learn, however, is this characterization of Grant as being more gentlemanly, even after fighting that horrific war, after leading his troops to win that surrender at Appomattox, and we were told... Grant was a slave owner. Was he that gentlemanly and, and forgiving of Lee and the South? And was he, in fact, a slave owner? He was a slave owner very early in his life, and he, uh, he released the slaves. That I think it was two men, um, and he, uh, he, he, he released them to their own recognizance and freed them, in other words, um, very early, very early in his life. Uh, he was a young working man and uh, never, you know, never went back. He was, in fact, at odds with his wife, Julia's father, who was indeed a slave owner, yeah. uh, right up until the end of the Civil War. Um, he was a gentleman and he was a kind individual. He was he was rough around the edges, as you saw from the bit I read in terms of he, he, he was not uh, he was not highfalutin in any way. He didn't put on airs uh, in public. He let his wife lead the way in public gatherings because she was a much bigger character than he was. But he was truly uh, decent. And he, the, the main thing that, the, one main thing that I came away with from, from working on this book is that he expected as good from other people behavior as he expected from himself. Yeah, um, which I think was his downfall I, in some ways. Yeah, that got him in trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, it got him. In, it got him in financial trouble toward the end when his uh, 
when a place where he had invested all his money went bankrupt in a Ponzi scheme. And I don't think it served him or the nation very well when he expected the South to go home and, uh, as the Bible says, go and sin no more. Right, right. Uh, um, like, and I don't think that worked out as well as it might have. Yeah. We are talking with John Clinch. He is the author of The General and Julia. We'll be back with him and Megan Zinn right after these messages. More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. What's cooking at River Valley Co-op? Here's avid eater, grocery shopper, and co-op member, Bill Newman. The co-op kitchen is always cooking. Get ready to go meals, sandwiches, salads, pizza, burritos. Order sandwich platters or anything platters for lunchtime, party time, or any time. You like to bake? The co-op has all your baking essentials, like ground-up flour and grains, stone-milled in Holyoke. Put a little lovin' in the oven, bread and brownies, cakes and cookies. Let your creative inspiration flow. River Valley Co-op, wild about local. Everyone is welcome. The person you're sleeping with, you know things about them that maybe you shouldn't know. Like, they got up last night at 3 and went down to the kitchen. How do you know? You have one of those mattresses that, well, let's just say you know things you really don't need to know. Sleep on a Theralux mattress from Talon Furniture. Wait, Theralux? What happened? All Talon Furniture ever talks about is therapeutic mattresses. Well, Theralux is Simply Therapeutics high-end mattress. What makes it high-end? It's a cooling mattress. If you're not sure what cooling mattresses are, we'll show you. A Theralux mattress has a 20-year warranty and a really high coil count, which means if the person you're sleeping with is tossing and turning or gets up at 3 a.m., you won't even know. And that's the way a good night's sleep ought to go, right? Therapeutic, and now Theralux. Come to Talon Furniture, just down the hill from Amherst College. Just don't come at 3 a.m. We'll be sound asleep. Where are you in your life? Heading off to college or ready to retire? Buying a home or adding solar panels to your current one? Starting a family or picking out the next car? Or maybe you're making plans to take off and see the world just as soon as you can get on a plane. At UMass Five College Credit Union, we're here with convenient banking services, technology, and financial guidance that make it all possible. We're member-owned, so it's truly all about you. Visit us online at umass5.coop today. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP. And we are listening to a really interesting conversation between Megan Zinn and uh, author and historian John Clinch. Uh, Megan. Yes, uh, John. We're talking about John's new book, The General and Julia. And John will be at Odyssey Bookshop to talk about The General and Julia on Wednesday, January 31st at 7 p.m. And you can find out more on their website, odysseybks.com. Um, we, we were talking a little bit about the break, um, about how the popular image of Grant, what, what people know, is, is generally kind of wrong. But I think people know even less about Julia, who is one of the title characters, so to speak, in this book. Can you tell us a little bit about her? Yeah, it turns out that she was uh, the very first first lady to write her own memoir. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, although I didn't really consult her memoir very much, she was, uh, as I say, she was the daughter of a slaveholder, mm -hmm. uh, grew up in Missouri. Her father had about, had 30 some slaves. 
And uh, when she and uh, Ulysses Grant first married, they lived on a piece of property that adjoined her father's farm. And that became a real test um, for the both of them uh, and, and relative to her father, who uh, really didn't have a whole lot of respect for, for the man she'd chosen to marry and uh, lost more and more respect as he rose higher in the, uh, in the union organization. Now, the other thing about her the most fascinating angle about what she did relative to him and relative to his activities and relative to the country is that she had a slave herself. Uh, she didn't own the young woman, but she, uh, she, her father owned her, mm-hmm. and she was assigned to take care of Julia. And she was, she was always Julia on the road with her husband. She was uh, she, she went almost for everywhere he went, all around the uh, the fields of battle. Wow. Um, so she was with him, and you know what? Her slave girl, slave woman at that point, was with her as well. Boy, did that cause raised eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in truth, Grant didn't own her. Julia didn't own her, but they relied upon her, and uh, it became a real complicating factor. Uh, both in reality and in my book, The mm-hmm. General and Julian. Yeah, yeah. She, I, I would love to know more her, of her, you know, her story, which I'm, up I'm until sure is moment, lost to history. Up until this moment, I thought Ulysses S. Grant owned her because we had heard about mm-hmm. about that. Now I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Always more complicated. Her, and she ran off. I mean, she, she disappeared. And uh, we never saw her again. So she is in the novel. And then at one point she vanishes. Uh, Ulysses imagines a million futures for her, but we can't know what they what the real story might be. Yeah. Um, are there other um, historical figures that you're or literary figures that you're fascinated with um, that you might want to write about or are just sort of things people that you're fascinated with? You know, um, I'll name one character from the who would who would be sort of in line with uh with finn and marley and i'll name one historical figure mm-hmm. and they're both literary um from heart of darkness the, ah. uh, the, the character mr kurtz has always interested me uh he sort of would fall in line with the horrors that i ascribed i think correctly to uh pap finn mm-hmm. and the wickedness of marley <laughs> i don't know if anybody could take yet another book like that from me <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I could take another book like that from me. Um, so I don't know about that. But um, I've always been interested in, uh, in the work of one of my favorite novelists, one of America's greatest novelists, Herman Melville. Oh, yeah. Um, Melville, of course, was a Massachusetts boy mm-hmm. for a lot of his mm-hmm. life. Yep. Um, he, uh, he had a compli- complicated life. His career started and stalled. Um, he was still writing Moby Dick when the first pages were rolling off the printing press. Wow! <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, yeah. He had kind. Of, he had he had kind of a kind of a love a one sided unrequited love affair with uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Right. Um, yeah. All and his house is in, in yeah. Pitch, yeah, in yeah. And he and Nathaniel Hawthorne met yeah, on on Monument Pitch. Mountain on a hike on Monument Mountain. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and in fact, um, you know, the the great white whale was inspired by uh, Mount Monadnock. Oh, interesting. Or, okay. No, what's the, what's the mountain there? The, the um, m- m- Monument Mountain in Great Barrington. Yeah, mon- yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, that's wonderful. Um, and, and yeah, so I I love the guy. Um, I actually was working on a book about him that I've set aside to do something else. 
um, and it had the evocative. I shouldn't give it away. Yeah, but yeah. Was, no, yeah. don't give it away. Especially don't give it away. Not, uh, we don't have a lot of time. Maybe yeah. I will. Yeah. Man overboard. Man, oh, that's good. Um, so um, I've been speaking with John Clinch um, and his new about his new book, The General and Julia, on and he will be at Odyssey Book talking about the Gen Odyssey Bookshop on talking about the General and Julia on Wednesday, January thirty first at seven p.m. Thank you so much, John. Well, thank you for having me, Hera. I really, really appreciate it. It's been fun. Uh, it's been fun for us, too, and it sounds like a fascinating book. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today. And we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hi, Tom Hartman here. Be sure to join me noon to 3 Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, right here on the Tom Hartman Program. Occupying the media three hours a day, five days a week for We the People. On 101.5 and 1400. Join me noon to three Eastern time, Monday through Friday, right here on the Tom Hartman Program. WHMP.